Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Did I miss anything today? Something happened today? News? Any breaking news today? Slow day in the NFL? No, anything but a slow day in the NFL. And while it didn't directly affect the Raiders, clearly what happened today with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson indirectly impacted the Raiders without question. Welcome to In the Huddle. I'm Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, on a head-spinning Tuesday. We knew, we knew the quarterback market was going to, there was going to be volatility in the quarterback market this year. Things were just kind of moving in that direction. They kind of have been for the last couple of years. And what we've seen the last couple of years is quarterback movement unlike any that we've seen really ever. You go back to Tom Brady saying goodbye to the New England Patriots, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, winning a Super Bowl. You see Matthew Stafford leaving Detroit, kind of you know asking his way out of Detroit. Goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl. It opened eyes. It opened eyes for players. It opened eyes for teams. And I think what ultimately happened is it reduced some of the angst that goes into making these types of moves. The teams, the players asking for the trade. I mean, nobody wants to be that guy. You know, you've been in a a situation for a long time. Russell Wilson's been in Seattle his whole career since, what, 2012? Matthew Stafford was in Detroit his entire career. Tom Brady was there his entire career. You get to a point where you kind of, you know, you want to be selfish, but you also don't want to break the hearts of fans that you've been playing for and have supported you for years through thick and thin and all of that. But, man, you only get one chance in life. I've said this so often. You get one chance in life. It's your life. And as much as your decision can sometimes impact a franchise, a fan base, all of those types of things, you you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to live your fullest life. And if, even if that means ruffling some feathers sometimes, you got to do what's right for you. Matthew Stafford did what was right for him. He won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady did what was right for him. He left a place where he had won five Super Bowls and been to multiple others. He was synonymous with the New England Patriots, but said, you know what? I want to go someplace else. This is for me. I'm, it's, it's my time to do me. Goes down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wins the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers had that opportunity. And by all accounts... He was kind of swaying back and forth. Do I stay in Green Bay or do I go find maybe a better situation? Now, in Aaron Aaron Rodgers' situation, I think his best situation is Green Bay. You've got Devontae Adams. That's a done deal. He's coming back. Now, granted, Devontae Adams signed a non-exclusive, or not signed, but he was applied a non-exclusive franchise tag by the Green Bay Packers today. Uh, basically to keep the star wide receiver right there in Green Bay. But it opens slightly, cracks open a door where if a team wanted him bad enough, they could go negotiate a contract with them. If that contract was 
a contract that the Packers deemed just too rich for their taste and said, we're not going to match it. You can still get Devontae Adams. It's just going to cost you two first-round picks. That's what a non-exclusive free agent tag is. I don't think any team is going to do that, but you never know, and you can never say never. But the long story short of the Green Bay situation is, I think, Aaron Rodgers' best spot is right there in Green Bay. You're playing in a division with a lot of uncertainty at quarterback, unless you believe in Jared Goff right now and the Lions, and why would you? Uh, Not so much against Jared Goff. It's just the combination of things. It's Jared Goff and a bad team right now that's trying to rebuild. Check back with me in a couple of years, and maybe we'll have a different opinion of that. Do you believe in Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? How can you really say that right now? I don't think that neither the team nor the quarterback showed enough for anybody to be really worried about that right now. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. How many times are we going to go down that path with Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Good quarterback, not great quarterback. I don't know if his heart is all the way in it as well. I, I just have a, you know, just not feeling Kirk Cousins. So if you're if you're uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, with what else is going on in that division, the talent that he's got there in Green Bay, including Devontae Adams, a good young coach at Matt LaFleur, that's the best situation for him. He weighed it, he weighed it, he thought about it, he swayed, went back and forth, and finally realized... This is my best shot right here. Helps that he's looks looks like he's going to sign a four year contract for two hundred million dollars. Uh, that's a lot of money. I think one hundred and fifty something is going to be guaranteed. We'll see when all when it all comes excuse me out of the wash. Uh, but his best situation was Green Bay. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, taking a page out of the Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. Uh, book of operation now updated to the 2022 version where you don't think Russell Wilson saw Matthew Stafford go down to Los Angeles and win a Super Bowl. You don't think that he saw Tom Brady go to Seattle, go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl and probably thought to himself, I'm every bit as good right now at this age as those two guys are maybe better than Matthew Stafford when he's right. And he's got a good team around him. I'm here in Seattle. I've given it plenty of opportunities for Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the general manager, to get it right about around me. I've always felt, and I think the world of Pete Carroll, but I think there was some subconscious thought, or whether it was intentional, unintentional, whatever, conscious, subconscious, they took him for granted up in Seattle. They took Russell Wilson for granted up in Seattle. They did not build around him sufficiently enough, feeling like he can win games on his own. We don't need the star wide receiver. We don't need, you know, uh, to, to really invest in the offensive line. He can get it done and give us a good enough chance offensively by himself. Let's go build that defense. Uh, let's go win that way. Meanwhile, even defensively, they were starting to take a step back. They just weren't keeping up. Um, with modern football, the way fo- some of the trends of football, Pete Carroll admitted as much when we talked to him at the scouting combine. Yeah, uh, kind of got stale on that side of the ball. We got to do some things differently. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson sitting back going, I'm wasting my time here right now. And I don't see a finish line that lines up with my needs right now. And I look down in, in Arizona and I see a Kyle Murray. I look down in Los Angeles, see the reigning Super Bowl champions and Matthew Stafford, the Rams and Matthew Stafford will uh, extend that relationship a few more years. I don't, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith 
in what's around me and who's making the decisions. And no matter how much I've pounded my, my fists on the table, no matter how many times I've kind of threatened to want to force a trade, that's what happened last year. You're naive if you think that that didn't happen. And he he listened to their promises probably and said, ah, all right, let's give it one more go. And I don't obviously he wasn't feeling it. And so he took the page from Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady and said, I want to go someplace where I believe I can compete for a championship right now. Now, is that Denver? That's the question that I have. I, I, everyone's kind of um, ordaining the Broncos as the next AFC power. I'm not even sure they're good enough right now to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not that sold on the Broncos. What am I missing about the Broncos? If you guys want to give me a call uh, and let me know at 702-365-9200, why Vinny is missing whatever everyone else is seeing about the Denver Broncos. I think they're good. I'm not saying that they're not good, but I, I don't know if they have Super Bowl talent across the board. Um, but obviously Russell Wilson thinks so because that's where he decided to go. And I'll also say this about the Seattle uh, uh, Seahawks. I think you, you, you get short, you get, you overplay things sometimes. You know, it looks like there, there was a better offer, at least in terms of first round picks by the Washington Commanders. But Seattle was so intent on not having to deal with Russell Wilson in the NFC in their same conference, they decided we're going to trade him maybe for a little bit less in terms of the draft pick compensation to an AFC team in I mean, I get that thinking sometimes, but if it's not in your own division, I don't think that you worry about it so much. You don't overthink it and get worried and scare yourself out of better compensation. You ought to be just thinking about what's going to put us closer to competing for what we want to compete for, which offer offers us the best opportunity to do that. And whether it's in your conference or another, you know, the AFC, whatever it is, that's the offer you take. You don't scare yourself out of a better trade because you want to keep him out of your uh, conference. I mean, I, I, I'd have to look at the schedule. Maybe Washington plays Seattle. But if that is the case, you know, it's not like they play him every year and certainly not every, you know, twice a year. So um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I would have taken the best offer regardless Outside of my division, of course, I don't want to face him uh, twice a year. But obviously, all of this affects indirectly the Raiders. Devontae Adams, unless the Raiders want to go try to pry him loose with a lucrative offer, plus having to trade two draft picks, um, you know, two first round picks, I don't think that's a road that the Raiders want to go down. So Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay takes a player that. Everybody, including the Raiders, coveted basically off the market. And then, of course, it needless to say, Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos just enhances the level of quarterback play that the Raiders have to deal with. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, oh, my gosh, uh, as Raider fans, we've got the fourth best quarterback in, in the division. Okay, that might be true, but it's not like, Number four in the division is like number 32 in the league. Number four in the division right now, if you're just basing it off last year, was ranked 12th in the NFL by pretty much everything. I looked at all the various, um, you know, metrics and and uh, all the QBR, QBRs and the uh, raw QBR and the passer ratings and this and that, the quarterback rating. And Derek Carr ranks anywhere from about 13th to 10th on some lists. All right. So... If you aggregate it, 
let's just say 11th, 12th, best quarterback in the NFL, according to all the various metrics. So even being fourth in the conference doesn't mean you're chopped liver, and I think some Raider fans are kind of taking it that way. Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels' offensive mind, some tinkering offensively, I think will get the Raiders' offense to a point where they're going to be able to score a sufficient amount of points. I truly believe that. Now, it's going to take some work to get there, but I think um, I, I think a road is available to them to get this offense humming. The question is, the key is, you also now need to build a defense that is going to have to deal with Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. It's going to come down to stops. I think the Raiders will score enough points. They have to get the necessary stops to give them an opportunity to win games. So if you're looking at the draft, if you're looking at free agency, obviously the Raiders need a wide receiver. They need a, uh, to retool the offensive line. But beyond that, I think it's high time that the Raiders pay a whole lot of attention to the defense. Secondary, getting to the quarterback with a defensive line. That's how you're going to beat those teams. I think Carr and the offense with some right moves – and the offensive mind of Josh McDaniels, I think they're going to be okay. It's stopping people, especially the kind of quarterbacks and offenses that they're going to have to deal with uh, in these next few years. Back, or We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert is in Portland. How you doing, Robert? Yeah, hey, Vinny. I, uh, I think Schneider did it for two, two reasons. As soon as Rodgers got signed for you know, an extension, I think uh, – that's probably the reason he didn't go to the Redskins uh, or elsewhere. I think immediately then Schneider knew he could, that Denver would cough up what he really probably wanted that he probably talked about earlier before Rodgers made a decision. So I think that's why Schneider, you know, pulled the trigger. He got two, 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 two ones, although the second one won't be that great because Denver will obviously win at least 10 games. So I feel that, I think Seattle knew that he was going to leave the team anyway, potentially, because it, it in 23 it wasn't a guaranteed contract. If I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, they had him under was. control for two more years. Uh, right, and then, then what do you do for – this was the time to trade him. Now, not wait till next next spring. So, I, you know, because he you know, only had one more year left. This way he had two years left on the present contract, and and Paul Hackett's son and Nate, uh, who really prides himself on and having demanding to have a good quarterback, because you know his father was a hell of a coach. He he knew that he was on he was pressured, and he had to get if he couldn't get Rodgers, he had to get Wilson. Yeah, I think that um, uh, from from what I understand, uh, this kind of started percolating about a week ago. Um, I think that. It sounds like uh, people that I that I was talking to, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was beginning to lean back towards the Green Bay Packers, uh, so that took him out of play basically uh, by the Denver for the Denver Broncos. And then they turned their attention, like you said, um, to, to Russell Wilson. And it was interesting. We were talking to Pete Carroll at the scouting combine, and um, he was, you know, he was somebody asked him from Seattle, "Hey, are there conversations?" He's like, "There's conversations all the time." We talked about this last week. Yes, there's conversations. You have to take those calls. You have to take those calls. It doesn't mean that there's any intention of trading the player, but it behooves you to listen to what might be out there for the player. 
And so those conversations are, have, are, are happening, and they always are, and they always will be. You'd be surprised who gets talked about uh, on a yearly basis in any particular sport. But when I say talking about it, there's you have to differentiate between serious talks and just uh, inquisitory talks, you know, in terms of, hey, inquiring, what would it take, you know, and you might get laughed at on the other end, but that technically counts for talking, uh, and at least making the the call. So you are having those conversations. That's not a big secret. The question is, on the other end of that conversation, is somebody going to light it up to the point where you're like, oh, that is a little bit too much to turn down. Now, it also helps that this was just headed that way. It, it felt like, and it's felt like, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks were just you know, uh, headed toward a breakup. And I think that sometimes that happens. Sometimes it comes to that point where you've exhausted it all. Even Pete Carroll said, you know, hey, we've been joined at the hip the entire time. This has been a partnership between us and Russell for a long time. And I think they gave it their best. They went to two Super Bowls. They won a Super Bowl for, for whatever reason. I don't think Russell was has been feeling it for the last couple of years. So he applied the pressure. The right call came to the Seattle Seahawks to make sense for them. And now he is the problem of the AFC and the AFC West specifically. And it's certainly going to change things. And obviously this impacts the Raiders because six times a year, Barring any kind of injuries, you're facing Patrick Mahomes, you're facing Justin Herbert, and you're facing Russell Wilson. And as somebody that covered the Rams and saw Russell Wilson up close and personal twice a year for three years, I can sit here and flat out tell you that Russell Wilson won games that his team wasn't worthy of winning against a better team in the Rams. Like he would take things over when it needed to get taken over, whether it was with his legs, his arm, his brain, um, his bra, whatever. He willed his team to victory. It was a sight to see. There aren't that many guys that, when it comes down to it, has have that ability. But he does, and it's going to be an issue, and the Raiders are going to have to deal with it. I was talking to Q uh, as we were you know, doing the, the crossover uh, from, from unnecessary roughness to in the huddle, you know, and we both agree that, for the Raiders, this really puts an emphasis on defense. Yes, you have to keep up offensively. But I think scheme-wise, you got a good enough quarterback, put you know a couple of more weapons around him, fix the offensive line. The offense should be okay with that quarterback. I'm saying it right now. With that quarterback, the offense should be fine in terms of scoring a sufficient amount of points, holding on to the ball a, a sufficient amount of time. It's defensively where the Raiders have to be difference makers now. Because those types of games, those shootouts, what do they normally come down to? A, take care of the ball and penalties. Those are givens. But it usually comes down to which defense can make a key stop here and there. That's what usually separates winning those types of games from losing those types of games. I think offensively, the Raiders will be able to be in those kind of games. But can their defense make the necessary stops when the necessary stops have to be made? Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Matt is in Hoboken, New Jersey, the birthplace of the greatest American Italian, Italian-American in history, Frank Sinatra. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? You got that right, Vinny. Frank Sinatra is definitely the greatest. Absolutely. And Vince Lombardi. We'll throw Vince Lombardi up there, too. So I, I have a quick question. I have a quick question for you, Vinny, uh, and then a point, if you allow me to make a point of course. you answer the question. Uh, so my first question is, I see us right now on most, most uh, salary cap track is around $20 million of cap space. That's correct, right? Right. Now, are we getting any of the money back 
from rugs and on net, and on net, which would I think add about nine million to that. That's my first question. I, whatever you see is what they have, and everything is accounted for it. Um, you know, Demond. At some point, if we could just go to uh, Raider salary cap, uh, go to spot it's track. Got those guys. And, and, it, and look for uh, dead, dead cap. Uh, dead yeah, cap. It's got those guys on the dead cap, but they may not have voided those contracts yet, or they may not be privy to the details of of the situation. Where it could be. You know, yeah. I, I I I always thought when when there was conduct detrimental to the team, you recover the salary. Well, the, it's the, there's two different numbers though. There's salary. There's the actual cash that's involved, but there's also the implication on your salary cap. So it's not like they're paying them, you know, don't, don't, don't make that mistake. They're not going to be paying from what I understand. They're not paying Damon Arnett or, um, you know, uh, uh, or Henry Ruggs any more money. It's what, no, but it's nine mil. It's about 9 million of dead cap though. Yeah. That's just how things work in the NFL and how contracts are structured, uh, in the NFL. I know, uh, the site that we're going to, um, All right, what, what number did you want from me? The dead cap number for the dead cap for 2022 as of right now is 10 million. I know, but does it Rugs say? Does it give you uh, specific players? Oh use? yes, rugs is four four million eight hundred thousand. Right. Or net three million, a little bit over six hundred thousand. Now go to uh, cash if you could just find. You know, uh, there there should be a um, a segment for cash. So yeah, that's just the after effect of it's 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 like this. Um, the, the 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 dead cap for Russell Wilson I think is twenty six million dollars or something like that. It's not they're not literally paying him that money. It's just what no that... no. But you, it, it's again though you can't. It's not. It doesn't get added to your cap space, which is important. No no no. no it it's is really, I mean, like like the money that the 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 dead cap money for Russell Wilson will count against. From what I understand, will count against the Seattle Seahawks um, uh, um, salary cap next year. It's just it's that, right. That's 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 um, I I know that. What I'm saying is is that I, I with Arnett and Rugs, if I read it correctly, it's about four million one and about three million the other. That is dead cap. That I was hoping would not be dead cap. I can't see how. I mean, looking at the uh, looking at spot track right now, it is. It's 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 accounted for. So um, I, I just again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a capologist. But you know, uh, things like this are gonna are are because of the way contracts are structured and signing bonuses and all those types of things. It didn't. It doesn't really matter exactly what happened to the player or why you had to release him or anything like that. If the contract is structured in a certain way, you're gonna feel the effects of it. Not ter- not in terms of actually paying them, and I know we've cleared that up. But in terms of the dead cap that and and what it means on your salary cap, so uh, I think gotcha. I, I think as of right now, go, uh, I think as as of right now, yeah, they're gonna under the cap in terms of salary cap space, they're gonna feel a little bit of an effect from uh, from from Damon and from Henry Ruggs. It's just kind of the way uh, the way it works, um, you know. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, and from what I understand, number one. Um, there's a lot of ways to, to, you know, manage that and get around it. Um, a lot of it is going to be what type of signing bonuses you're willing to give out if you want to uh, pay things up front and, you know, put extra years on the contract so that you could spread some money out over, um, you know, five years, let's say, and make a couple of those years avoidable at the end in order to, 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 to get players under your cap 
this year. And I'm sure the Raiders, they've got some creative people over there in Henderson that are cooking up, um, you know, all types of scenarios in which you could do that. You could also at some point, you know, uh, um, renegotiate Derek Carr's contract, give him an extension that, you know, with a signing bonus could drag his number down this year to create some, there's all sorts of ways that you could do that. And from what I understand, the salary cap is not a big worry right now for the Raiders in terms of uh, business that they want to do. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila in Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, if you're looking at pending free agents, uh, especially defensively, uh, that the Raiders could be interested in after the franchise tag deadline pass. Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson, Cardinals edge rusher Chandler Jones, uh, offensive tackle uh, Teron Armstead, Titans outside linebacker Harold Landry. I really like him as a player and as an ascending player. Safety Marcus Williams uh, are all looking to be free agents uh, at this point anyway after not getting franchise tagged by their respective teams. Um, not a bad list right there and some players that I think can help this Raiders defense. It'll be interesting to see where they go uh, and what direction they take uh, next week when free agency opens up. Uh, was it Robert? We got Richard on the line. Richard is on the line. How you doing, Richard? Hey, Richard. Uh, something's going on with your phone. Can you... You got us? Hello? Hey, Richard. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? We're good. We're good, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not too bad. Um, I'm listening to um, um, There's a lot of times I agree with you, Vinny. There's sometimes I, I don't understand what you're talking about. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's all good. Anyway, we're talking about signing a... a, a I, I constantly hear on the show about giving Derek Carr $40 million. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then... Uh, the salary cap, okay, when you have your signing bonus, your signing bonus can only be prorated for four years. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So whatever signing bonus you give a player counts against your salary cap for four. You can break it down into four installments against your salary cap yes. for four years. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can accelerate that and do it for three or for two. However, uh, they normally count against your, your that signing bonus counts against your salary cap for four years right one way or another it's it gets accounted for right okay um okay there right now there's one contract that the raiders can 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 um can manipulate to free up salary cap that's colton miller okay he has a like a 16 million dollar um Roster bonus that you can convert into a to a signing bonus, and then it'll count. Uh, I think it's like um, four point whatever whatever million, and you break that down into four years, right? Yeah. Okay. And then say you cut little Ken, quit. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, hey, real real quick, are you are you saying that um, if you signed Derek Carr, you couldn't get salary cap relief? This year, no, you can't. He's gonna, there's there's no way he wouldn't count against your cap for at least thirty million dollars. Minimum, minimum would be thirty million dollars. 
You, okay, there, let, 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 let me ask you this. The Packers re-signed or will re-sign uh, Aaron Rodgers. They created, by in doing so, the way they're going to structure the contract, they're going to reduce his salary cap number from what it was to something different to create salary cap space for this year. What you do is they're, they're going to eventually put themselves back in salary cap problems. I know, but, but the question was, but, the question was, can you can you create salary cap space this year by extending Derek Carr further down? The, and you can. I know that because I checked. I checked on it today. So oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. I, I've sat for hours trying to do this. Okay, not only me, but a bunch of people. We've all been trying to do this. Okay, how much is Aaron Rodgers counting against the salary cap? And how much money did he actually? Yeah, I mean. I, I, I mean, I mean, because we're talking about, you know, with Russell Wilson coming in, you know, the uh, the onus is on the defense, and I, I, I mean, there the defense is it's at a disadvantage just from the gate, you know, the way the games played, the way the games refereed, and everything else. Okay, so now the onus is on them. The onus is on. The offense, the onus is on the quarterback not to turn the ball over, on the offense to score points mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, I mean, because that's where your vast majority of your money's being spent right now. Well, and you know, to me, I think that the Raiders should wait until after the draft and free agency, after the free agency and draft, to do it. I'm not saying that they need to do it right now, but Derek Carr will get extended. Uh, and there's ways to do it so that they're going to be ha- have relief. And mainly, it's 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 because you have to re-sign Hunter Renfro. You also have to re-sign or extend um, Max Crosby. Those two players are priority uh, players that they want to get taken care of sooner rather than later. I would imagine both probably will happen uh, at some point this year. So, um, and yes, anytime you sign a player, and when and when they and when they re-sign or when they extend Derek Carr, which I believe they will. Um, it's going to have implications on the salary cap uh, in future years. But the Raiders have done a pretty good job of, of, of managing that so that they don't, they're not going to go into salary cap purgatory. Um, they've, they've learned their lesson in that regard uh, from some, some previous ways of doing business. I don't expect that to happen. I think everything that they do will be with an idea of giving themselves flexibility to be able to go get defensive help, to be able to uh, take care of some internal needs, i.e. Hunter Renfro and, uh, and and Max Crosby and anyone else they they deem you know worthy of, of, of uh, extending their contracts. Um, but here's the thing, unless they're going to trade Derek Carr, I really I, I truly believe that he's going to get extended at some some somewhere between now and and the start of next season, uh, the 2022 season. And I think that it's the right thing to do because here's the other thing, other the, the flip, flip side of the coin here that, the, that we haven't even talked about. If you're the Raiders and all of a sudden Russell Wilson's in your division and you know you got Justin Herbert, you know you got Patrick Mahomes, short of just saying, you know what, we're going to take a step back, we're going to let those three teams, um, you know, run the division for a little while. We're going to step back and just do a full rebuild. So we're going to trade Derek Carr uh, to, to, to bring in assets to, to create a rebuild situation and then come back, you know, check with us in a couple of years uh, and see where we are there. Unless you have uh, a quarterback plan in place 
And who is that? If we're going to talk, you know, to me, you have to re-sign Derek Carr for a couple of reasons. One, it creates quarterback certainty. Um, it allows them to size up their future for the next three years or so and understand where they are on their quarterback, paying their quarterback, how they can work around that contract to help themselves in other areas. That's why you do that. It also, if it all goes, you know, uh, in the wrong direction, if you want to trade Derek Carr, there will be ample teams that would be interested in trading for Derek Carr next year, especially a guy that would be under contract for another two years, let's say. Um, so you, you protect yourself in that regard too. But more than anything, you feel like you can compete with Derek Carr and building a team around him. That's what the Denver Broncos are going to do now with, 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 uh, with, with Russell Wilson. Um, it's what the Rams do, are doing with, with Matthew Stafford. They feel like, the Raiders feel like, or should feel like, that they can win with Derek Carr and enough help around him offensively and a good defense. I wouldn't be like I, if, if I'm a Raider fan. I'm not petrified right now that Russell Wilson came into the division. Teams win football games. Be a better team than the Denver Broncos. Be a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. Be a better team um, than the than the Los Angeles Chargers. That's how you're going to deal with them. And the, again, seeing on on Twitter and on social media, oh my gosh, we've got the fourth best quarterback in the division. It's like. It's a put down to Derek Carr when in reality, yeah, there's some, there's three really good quarter. There's that, there's four really good quarterbacks now in the division. That's the whole point because he's the fourth best quarterback in the division. It doesn't make him the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL or the 29th or 28th or 27th, 26th. He's literally by all basis, by all measures, a top 13 quarterback in the NFL. You can win with that caliber of quarterback. You just have to build a team around him able to do that. That's where this becomes, that's what the, the Raiders are tasked with. They can win with Derek Carr. They can beat the three teams that are in their division. They just have to get a better overall team, and that's the key to it all. Now, if you want to just throw your hands up in the, uh, in, in the air and say, hey, um, you know, we can't do this. We're not going to be able to do this with Derek Carr. And we'll let's just blow it up, trade him, and then start all over. If that's what you want to do, then to me that's a defeatist attitude. It's the wrong attitude. It's I don't believe what the Raiders are thinking about. They want to win, and they want to win now. And they believe they have a quarterback worthy of winning right now. You just got to build a sufficient team around him. And all we have to look at, again, to me anyway, is Matthew Stafford. This is a guy that languished in Detroit with bad teams, on bad teams, didn't win squat, went to the playoffs a couple of years, checked in. Uh, hey, Derek Carr's been in the playoffs a couple of years too. But because of the team around him, the Lions weren't going anywhere, even with Matthew Stafford. He goes to the Rams, a good team, they go to the Super Bowl. He didn't change. The team around him changed. And I think Derek Carr, if you change some of the dynamics around him, can get you to where you want to go. Remember, this team was one play away from tying the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in the playoffs. The team that ended up going to the Super Bowl to represent the AFC. The Raiders aren't as far off as people think. Lou is on the line. How you doing, Lou? Hey, V. Lou, what's going on, my brother? Hey, good, good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, I, I, I know you did. I thought you just said that um, you mentioned... 
that people are saying that Derek Carr is the fourth um, best quarterback in, in the division. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, games got to be played. I'm not worried about I'm a, I've been a Raiders fan for a long time, and we're not worried about Denver or any other team. We just got to win. But what I will say that I don't think that you're correct on, quarterback win titles. You go look at this league, it's been about quarterbacks the, uh, winning champion. There's a few outright teams that won championships like the Baltimore Ravens with that defense and stuff like that. Right, right. If you don't have a quarterback in this, in, 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 on your team, that's why teams draft first-round picks are quarterbacks. So I, I kind of disagree with that. You have to have a quarterback. Well, you, you, I, I agree, Lou. I agree, Lou. I think you have to have a quarterback and you have to have everything else is, is what I was saying. And I think in Derek Carr you have a quarterback with a right team, I think – you know, can can get you far. I don't know if they, if they could win. The, they, winning a Super Bowl is very, very difficult. You look even the Rams last year. Had a, the, the DB from the, or the safety from the 49ers held on to an interception, they win. They don't go to the Super Bowl, the, the Rams. The 49ers go to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of intangibles with that. But I guess, if Lou, if you're still there, do you think Derek Carr, with a right team around him, can get you to the Super Bowl? On the salary cap, can we get- – because I just saw a thing that showed Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson with Denver. They still got $29 million in cap room. Can you explain later on or sometime this week regarding the cap? If they, okay, so we signed Derek Carr for the $40 million or whatever he's asking for, $35. Do we, have, do we still have enough money to go out and get um, some players with, and how much money we have left? You don't have to do it today, but yeah. sometimes this week, do you let us know about the cap? Right. No, the, the answer is the answer is yes, you'll be able to do it. And a lot of it is how the contract is structured. If you pay up front in a salary bonus and, you know, if you if you convert even part of this year's salary into that salary bonus, you'll reduce um, his hit this year, spread it over some time. Of course, you're, it's always going to have to be accounted for at some point in time. But, yeah, you can create salary cap space for the Raiders this year literally by extending uh, Derek Carr. It's just how you construct uh, the, the contract and the signing bonus and how it all kind of plays out. And that's kind of what the what the, what the the uh, Packers just did with Aaron Rodgers. They created, even they're paying him $200 million reportedly and $153 million guaranteed and an average annual salary of $50 million. Even in spite of all that, they've created room for themselves this year. It's probably because they're going to have to pony up on a big cash payout um, salary bonus that's going to get prorated over the length of his uh, of his contract, and maybe even a couple of years after that when he's not, not even playing anymore. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? I'm pretty good, and I agree that uh, with the last caller, there's no way Carr is number four in this division. And I am so excited to have my second favorite quarterback in the league play in my backyard so I can go up and watch practice. I'll be wearing my Seahawks jersey for that. But in any case, um, if you look at it, of course, Mahomes and Rodgers are 1-2, one, 2-1, two, two, one, whatever way you want to look at that. But Carr, uh, best team in the, uh, in the wild card race for the AFC. He earned it last year. It was a make-or-break year, and I think he ended up getting his team to the playoffs with great play in his last four games. Could they have been a lot better last year? Yeah, I think so. They lost some games that they should have won and maybe won some games that they could have, but I don't know about should have lost. But here's the thing. 
right up against Herbert. Maybe Herbert is a, a better ranking overall in the quarterback or maybe has more upside to a, a future because he's younger. But Carr beat him and got to the playoffs. Herbert did not. Wilson did not get to the playoffs. As a matter of fact, I listened to a national radio show this afternoon that said two seasons ago he was ranked 27th. And last season, after his injury and he came back, he was ranked 17th. So it's great that Rodgers is not coming to the AFC West because he's a much better quarterback than Wilson. But there's no way that, that Carr, arguably K2, 3, 3-2, but in this case he made the playoffs and Herbert did not. And it was head-to-head to get there, and Carr won. So it's Mahomes, Carr, Herbert, Wilson until further notice. And I can't wait to go ahead and watch these guys battle it out because can Denver go ahead and sweep or, or even split with the uh, maybe split maybe we'll see, but it really depends on what else they can put around this team. And as far as Carr goes, yes, they can split with Kansas City. They didn't do a good job of it last year, but they had a lot of other turmoil and certainly missing rugs, which was something that helped them in the first game or or even previous to that. So. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they were only, what, an Abrams play against Kelsey, which you can't cover, away from uh, sweeping them the year before. Right. Uh, so can, can Denver go ahead and, and split with the Chargers? I think they got a better chance to now. But the Raiders have dominated at least uh, 10 out of the 11 positions on offense defense. So I think it'll be closer to be a split, but I don't see that the Raiders should be taking a step back at all against Denver at least for another year and uh, in competing with them. So it's the best division of football to watch with uh, Wilson leaving the NFC West. That now becomes the second best division to watch in the NFL. And I just really believe that this is going to be great football next year, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, it is going to be great uh, uh, football. There's no question about it. I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a meat grinder, um, and you're going to have to bring your, your your A game week in and week out when you're playing your division foes uh, in this division. But it's always going to come down to um, what it normally comes down to. Are you taking care of the ball? Are you not making silly penalties? You know, the, the self-induced things have got to be eliminated in these division games. But, again, you have to be able to make stops. That's what it's going to come down to. I ha- I'm i going to defer to Josh McDaniels and the offense. I think they're going to be able to scheme it up. I think they're going to make some moves to help the offense along. And I think the offense, again, is going to be in position to be, to compete on the scoreboard, scoring-wise, with the other offenses in the NFL, or excuse me, in the AFC West. It's can the defense come up with some turnovers and some key stops. That's what it's ultimately going to come down to. But, you know, assuming you also play clean football in terms of the penalties and, and, and the turnovers or win those battles, let's just say. Uh, so if I'm the Raiders, yes, got to get a wide receiver. Yes, got to fix the offensive line. But... It is full steam ahead defensively. You have to come up with the defense that's going to be able to match up um, with these offenses. And I'm not saying you got to stop them cold because that's not going to happen. Not against these quarterbacks, not against those offenses. But you have to be able to force some turnovers. You have to be able to make some game-saving stops along the way. That's what it's ultimately going to come down to. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday.
Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. James in Henderson is on line three. How you doing, James? Doing good, sir. What you got, brother? Well, um, I am going to say this as I've said many, many times on this on this station, uh, and that is as of four fifty two p.m. on March eighth, twenty twenty two, Derek Carr is still your best option to win games for the Raiders. Now, with that being said, what we really have to look at is. Is the offensive line the best chance for us to win? And if not, how do we shore that up? The other position groups, if they're not, how do we shore that up? The focus should be on what needs to be fixed, not what need, not what is already good enough to win games. Thank you and- so much, James. <laughs> wow, thank you. Brilliant. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that you know that's what the focus is with Josh McDaniel. I mean, we've already heard what Josh McDaniel has said about Derek Carr and how much he's looking forward to working with him. So I think we are fine there. What's not fine is all the other holes that we need to fix. I mean, I don't know how many defensive tackles we have on the active roster as of right now. That needs to get fixed. Who's going to be our right tackle? That needs to get fixed. So there's a lot of other things that need to be focused on and fixed other than why do we still have Derek Carr? Right, exactly. Uh, you don't take something that is a plus and make it a minus. It's just, it, it makes no sense. There will come a time in our lifetime where there is a better option that emerges, um, uh, you know, outside of Derek Carr at quarterback. There will come a time. But, you know, trying to manufacture that is going to be, it, it's harder than people think. Look at, Go check out the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. What's any guarantee? Where's the guarantee? Moving on from uh, Big Ben. Where do they go from here? What's the guarantee? Best option now? How do they figure that position out? Where do they go? Where do they turn? Is it going to happen? Will it happen? We don't know if it'll ever happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the next five, ten years. We don't know that. We've seen teams get caught in quarterback purgatory where they're just scrambling and scrambling and scrambling to find a good enough quarterback. And don't. It's not the easiest thing to do. The Seattle Seahawks, unless they have a ace up their sleeve and are going to go trade for, let's say, just, uh, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson and his legal troubles are going to be mitigated and managed, and all of a sudden they've got their quarterback of the future, short of having that card to play, what are the Seattle Seahawks going to do at quarterback for you know, to replace Russell Wilson. You don't just replace Russell Wilson just with another guy in a jersey uh, with a different last name and wearing, a di- you know, uh, his helmet and going out there. That doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't yeah. work. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, just going to add, um, I, I 100% agree. Um, the only other thing I was going to add about the rankings, um, I don't really pay too much about, you know, where's Derek Carr as far as ranking the AFC West. It takes me back to, you know, all the times that a guy like Damian Lillard for Portland, Portland had always been snubbed because everyone thought that, you know, he should have been an all-star. Or he should have been given more votes to the MVP. It wasn't his fault that his particular division was stacked. Right now, the AFC West at quarterback is stacked. So if, if 
you've got car number four, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that the AFC West right now at quarterback is stacked. The AFC as a division or as a, as a conference is stacked at quarterback now. So I'm not really going to get too much into car should be number two or number three or whatever. I just want to see how everything plays out with the rest of the roster and see where we go from there. Yeah, I agree. I think that right now there's certainty at quarterback and a high level of play. He's fourth in the division. If that's where you want, if you if if that's where you want to go, fourth in division, great. But he's also twelfth, thirteenth in the NFL overall. So uh, I, I just see people on social media making that sound like you know. Uh, you know, he's a 32nd ranked quarterback in the NFL competing against all these, you know, Pro Bowl players. It's not that he's a really good quarterback. Uh, but like, um, you know, James just said, fix the offensive line. That's the pressing need wide receiver. That's the pressing need where the defensive, you know, who's going to play the interior defensive line. That's the pressing need. Not to say any of those things can't, you know, uh, work out favorably for the Raiders through free agency in the draft. But as we sit here today, those are the pressing needs. Quarterback's not the pressing need at all. And you don't weaken yourself just because you freaked out that Russell Wilson, you know, came in the division. You don't freak out and make a dumb decision by just getting rid of Derek Carr and starting. That just doesn't make any sense. Derek Carr is fully capable of competing in this division with a good team around him. Fully convinced of that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on Tuesday.